good people. It's Reg. It's Stone. And we are recording live. We are in the VIP area of the Super Bowl. Mm. We're here, laid back. I've got a kid, Cuddy, next to me. I've got a sad Mr. Burrow after his loss kicking on the right. You know, it's a little kind of sad after party. You know, we're just there chilling. You know what I'm saying? Kanye's giving us some dirty eyes from across the way because we're hanging with Pete. But fuck him. You know what I'm saying? Real stars, real ballers. This is an old little dinosaur. You know what I'm saying? We're the new new. You know what I'm saying? Kid Cuddy being the new new. The new new. <laughs> and, and we give no fucks. <laughs> Ooh. They have to separate the entourages, you know, <laughs> like like every like the limos are separated, you know, like like there cannot be any cross pollination apparently, you know. That it would be this, that that'd be funny. Like at least when it was back in the days, like fucking Chris Brown throwing balls around, you could kind of see some shit. I would not want to see a Kid Cudi, Kanye. I would not pay. Like you'd mm-hmm. have to pay me to watch that sad ass fight. That would just be a whole bunch of. <laughs> Kanye's all slow. Cuddy's all fucking weird. Probably can't box. It's, it's very depressing. It's very depressing. I, I would agree with that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, but, uh, yeah. You, you go, you go. Well, I'm just going to say, you know, because of the people, we have to watch these sad ass events. You know, like, so the Grammys, we do this for the people, you know. Well, we watch the like oh the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame like we're paying attention to that because because of y'all and y'all got us out here watching the Super Bowl because we gotta watch that halftime show because I I know the people want to hear about our opinions on this show. I, I mean, as as usual, it's in an artistic highlight. One of the, one of the, one of the, one of it's it's like when the aliens come down and try to realize what like Earthman has created. Every year, as we always know, Super Bowl will be up there in the pantheon of great performances humankind's ever seen. And you know, it's, a, it's just testimony. Yeah, it's the blackest Super Bowl of all time. Is it? I, no, I even, even it's not even, that's, that's <laughs> even. I still Prince coming out with a little head, making sure his hair ain't get wet, was still the blackest moment I think. Uh, <laughs> even with all this rapidy rap. I will. I will say there's just more black people on stage, and also dancing cholos and, and dancing yeah, like. Dancing ch- <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 start from there. I thought, and I and I get it. It's for the mostly black acts and one black passing act. I guess Eminem will be the black passing act. Yeah, it's, you, it you was invited to the cookout. <laughs> you know, there's there's definitely a line between representing, and I will say that a little coonery. Just, just a dash. The, the dancing cholos, you know, the crip walking cholos, you know. And, and I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily what I want to see out of my Super Bowl dancers. <laughs> <laughs> you got motherfuckers on stage trained at Juilliard, like crip walking, wearing fucking prison sweats. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> All right, here's what I'm going to say. I had the the displeasure of of watching the Tupac musical on Broadway like a few years ago. And it was was probably one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Think of your typical Broadway musical with Tupac lyrics. (laughs) Dancers, 
you know, the whole pizzazz of Broadway with, with Tupac lyrics. And that that Super Bowl performance basically brought me back to that time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, I felt like it was really hard to whitewash rap, but they 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 pulled it off. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, like I'm and I, I'm probably on the same page. We're not mad, even though supposedly they pay out of pockets. We're not mad at, I guess, the 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 clout bag that was handed out there. You know, Dr. Dre, Snoop, Mary, on the biggest age, you know, on there for fucking the highest rated program per year. It's a huge platform for hip hop. So as far as that's concerned, that was awesome. That said, when you kind of watch it, you could definitely see that. If you could have any corporate version of like nothing but a G thing, you know, like like it, like for all these, you had Fifty Cent, you had fucking all these quote unquote bad boy rappers who at any given time definitely had the law after them, definitely had a lot of weird press around them, you know, quote unquote. Let's say where America kind of viewed them with disdain, you know, it's cool to see a victory lap, but at the same time, goddamn, it was just just artistically emotionally it was just nothing there it was paper thin yeah definitely and and i think the thing that sucks is that it, it's basically your standard super bowl template just with rap right and you know essentially it's like everybody comes out they do a medley they only get like give you like 15 minutes you know like there's always dancers it's always like an elaborate stage and i think like it's basically that it's all the components of any other Super Bowl show just with rap. And I, and I think like, that's what kind of, I think there, I thought there would be an opportunity to do something unique, especially coming off the weekend last year where I feel like the weekend, like pull something off. That was like really kind of unique and incredible and basically had a one man show. Um, whereas this show, I, I, yeah, there was nothing like super like unique about the show. And I think that's that was the thing that's kind of a bit disappointing, right? Like, you know, I don't think you needed the dancers. I don't think you needed like some of the, like the pizzazz. I think you could have like did a show in a way that was super unique and, you know, still had that nostalgia as opposed to just doing like your typical Super Bowl show. Um, you know, having that said though, I mean I understand why people are or cause you know, I was telling you before we started recording, like most of my friends thought it was like one of the best Super Bowls of all time, like halftime shows of all time. And I'm like, I'm kind of sitting here, I'm like, yo, I'm, this is mid to me. But I understand the nostalgia factor. I understand like this is hip hop, like being on a stage that, you know, even 10 years ago would be unimaginable, right? Um, I understand like that. And like there's this like illusion of progress. Um, so I'm trying to like, you know, like fully understand, like kind of like, I see where people are coming from, but it still doesn't defeat the purpose that it's kind of mid. And I, I, I think like whitewashing hip hop, even, you know, with dudes who are like pushing 50 and who are completely removed from the game just doesn't really sit well with me. Yeah. I, I loved your comment about the, the, the illusion of progress It's the idea of where, like the scary thing is like in 2022 even beyond the the aspect of genre the idea that you have this quote unquote very black Super Bowl is still a thing 
you know, the same way like Beyonce was a thing a couple of years ago, the same way Prince couple thing it was a thing a couple of years before that, where it's like, oh my God, they acknowledge black people in a black sport for an audience that continually, you know, assumes absorbs black entertainment is weird. The fact of hip hop, where hip hop has been a dominant pop form for goddamn, definitely the last fucking ten years, arguably the last twenty years. You know, for that to be like a, oh, we actually have this showcase for hip hop. It's also weird. You know, there's no reason why Snoop couldn't have been thrown in. Sadly enough, Snoop featuring the Foo Fighters, you know, the one of those generic <laughs> ass, you know, there's no reason why that, you know, like it's like, oh, it's now is a time when, you know, this rapper gets to kind of, you know, whenever they have those weird Super Bowl medleys, why can't like, you know, Dre have been there, you know, why, why can't have married has been out there with the Rolling Stones. It's all these things where it's like, all right, it's cool. They packaged it and it's, and it's, you know, it checks all the boxes. I get why people like it. I don't be a Grinch towards it. It was fun. You know, personally, I thought the just seeing Mary J. Blige, Mary J. Blige on that kind of set was kind of cool because I feel like in a weird way, she's very underrated, if that makes any weird sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, for somebody who's, who's like really like top of the pop R&B singer, crossed over, decent acting career, is this like it's weird how you don't really think of Mary that way the same way you might think of let's say a, a Mariah Carey that word this team let's just say yeah but like I said it's I, I don't want to be a like Grinch out on it all but like you said I feel like a lot of it is nostalgia a lot of it is our feelings towards white America acceptance and I think there's a pitfall there because it's definitely done you know it's quote unquote safe. You know, you had Eminem taking a kneel where nobody really realized he was taking a kneel. You have to, you know, Dr. Dre still not fucking with police, you know, kind of said, but thrown in on still Dre, that's basically an Eminem showcase. It's, it's subversiveness without subversiveness. I thought when Beyonce did it, it was a little more interesting only because it was like, hey, here's a historically black college. Here's a subsection of black culture, which hasn't really necessarily been fucking shown on TV hasn't really been co-opted, you know, I'm just put into your face. I thought that was more interesting artistically. I thought it was a more interesting statement as far as fucking just going out there looking like badass black females. I thought it was an interesting statement politically. This was just like, you know, like, sadly enough, a lot of Trump voters were at home vibing to the thing, and I think that's kind of what kind of bothered me the most out of all of it. Yeah, but I mean, they, they were the, the consumers of this music 30 years ago, too. I mean, yeah. like, when you think about it. Uh, two points, and I, I we could wrap it up. Like the first was, um, you know, like Kendrick, like coming out being doing his thing felt very like Beyonce doing her thing. It's like all black. It's you know, I'm in the quote unquote militant voice. You know, <laughs> um, the not I, safe I, Negro. Yeah, like, but it's still like super safe because we're still choreographed and dancing. Um, it just kind of felt like an afterthought. I, I didn't feel like I needed Kendrick. Um, and since this is coming from my, somebody who's a Kendrick fan, I think they could have kept that like nostalgia train going. Uh, you know, 50 Cent being the bridge from the 90s to the 2000s. <laughs> you know, like I thought it was not a bad choice, actually. <laughs> I, I have to do this just because he's such an asshole. 50 was looking kind of quite, quite. Quite, quite chubby there, my friend. Uh, you, you know, inflation is a is a mug. You know, inflation <laughs> has has hit fifty cent, and uh, but you know the 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 dude still can hang, <laughs> like like upside down. You know, can you do that? 
I mean, in, in, considering he looked like he was wearing a 50 cent girdle to keep, keep the gut inside, I'm pretty sure I could possibly actually. Maybe not uh, rap at the same time, but. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm surprised that like 50 approved that. Because like, I'm surprised that 50 was like, yeah, I am going to like reproduce the iconic like upside down like you know pose or whatever from the video where i was built like a fucking tank (laughs) 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 but i'll be built by like a fucking bus i don't know like i i am surprised that 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 happened i will say this too about eminem too he's the only person that like can kneel and get away with it yeah like if mary j blige kneeled like she would get the janet jackson treatment easy yeah you know even like dr dre probably but like yeah yeah i'm I'm not mad at that i think i I think eminem neil sadly enough and it's it's really it's almost ironic to say probably that was probably the most subversive part of the whole thing like you had somebody who actually kind of went on trip a couple times did the whole little neil thing even though he's eminem even though he's cheesy he tried i should say yeah, and like I'm not, I'm not mad at, and I'm not mad at the fact that like the NFL's like said don't kneel, right, right. Like again, you hire hip hop, this is what you get, fam. Like hip hop yeah. is subversive. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't be mad. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just wish that uh, Kendrick, like, you know, like said fuck the popo, come on. But I also understand why he didn't, because he still has a career to build, and he can't yeah. get canceled right now yeah so i it's, it's, still, it's still the white man's rules yeah still the white man's world and like i said it's i'm not mad and like i said it's, it's something where you know going back to the idea it's like i i, I i'm trying not to be cynical they definitely deserve their flowers they haven't gotten their flowers it's a showcase for what dr dre has done despite you know a lot of critiques they may have around him but it's just the idea of where you know, it's cool for him, you know, because, you know, he's been suffering, long suffering Dr. Dre, you know, multi billionaire <laughs> Dr. Dre, you know, <laughs> headphone company Dr. Dre. But like I said, it's cool to see it getting celebrated. But at the same time, it's like, God damn, this shit should have happened in like, like, like 99 if, if they were a white artist. You know what I'm saying? It's like some yeah. shit where it's like, God damn, like fucking, like almost fucking 25 years later. Now we recognize you guys are good enough to play Super Bowl. It's like, nah, fuck out of here. So. You know. <laughs> Um, what else is there? You know, I started off with a joke. You know, we try not to mention his name. I'm gonna throw a quick jab out there, like I joked before. There's a certain person out there who's been a lot of places, talking about his ex-wife, talking about certain SNL cast members, talking about certain men on the moon. All I'll say is this confirms Donda Two is coming out <laughs> in well, February. Yeah, I was say like I don't know if they, did they drop the date. Twenty third. It's supposed 23rd. to. Well, yeah, supposedly. And then supposedly, uh, have you heard a new Pusha T song? Actually, I have. Yeah. I so have. supposedly it's gonna be like it was. Uh, you know, it was a good. I can't. Good music summer or whatever the fuck it was, where the the, the idea is to drop them back to back effectively. So I guess sadly enough, this is an album rollout. Except this is an album rollout for your bitter divorced dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it sucks too. Like like I. I obviously it's like we're going to get a mid, you know, um, Kanye album and maybe a stellar Pusha T album. Yes, I I think that it's considering and, and 
there's a I remember years ago where like fucking CL Smooth and P Rock were beefing. And then I don't want to repeat necessarily what CL Smooth said because it was a little bit tough, a little bit homophobic. But basically, it was just like, shut the fuck up and make my beats. And you kind of have the same idea here where for all these shenanigans, somebody needs to be out here making some music because unless you had a lot of leftovers, album drop, you know, you, you kind of start from scratch from a record you dropped, what, six months ago, five months ago? When did the fucking Nanda One drop? So I don't know. Like I said, it's kind of, it's kind of disheartening where, you know, tongue in cheek, we used to joke about people kind of promoting the records of beef later on. He kind of said that they were kind of doing it just, just to kind of get a little clout, but it feels like this record rollout is literally all beef. Like it's literally going to be like a fucking performance art project where it's going to be like TMZ interviews and like Instagram screenshots on fucking <laughs> getting replayed by a robotic voice <laughs> over a 90 minute record. Oh man. And uh, what else? Ah, so, uh, I actually, it's going to sound fucked up in a weird way. It feels like it's been a while. since you've done one of these things, which I guess means maybe times are getting a little better. I feel like this is our first RIP of 2022, which sounds really dark, but sadly enough, considering it's only, it's been a month plus in, it felt like it was, it was zinger after zinger after zinger last year. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, that said, a tremendous, tremendous loss. Speaking of underrated artists, you have Betty David here. Betty David, Betty David. Wow. See? Yeah. See? 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 Like, like Larry David? Like Larry David? All right. So long story short, <laughs> Betty Davis, badass from the 70s, badass female. I'll say definitely known for funk music, but I would definitely say laid it, laid it down for like, I don't necessarily say shock rock. But boundary pushing as far as putting over sexuality there, you know, pushing like a certain level of like, oh, shit, is that happening on stage? But yeah. doing it as a black woman, I would definitely say somebody who was doing funk music at a very, very high level. A lot of interesting things happening there vocally, just like sometimes she'll growl, sometimes she'll purr, just basically an all around very fucking influential performer. Somebody who didn't get their flowers back then or even now. But uh, but yeah, Betty Davis passed away. Um, I don't know. I actually listened to some of her old records, and I'll be honest with you, it's kind of crazy to me how like if you tell me like like it has been like this for a minute. If you tell me like there's a funk band out there, inevitably I listen to it. I like some of the riffs, I like some of the ideas, but I find it very boring. And it's kind of telling just because it feels like something about the '70s, and that, I don't know if it's the drugs or the freedom or maybe that this, the, the coming off civil rights, but there's something there where that pocket, that pocket they hit is so golden that it's really hard to hear that. Like now in like black music, um, she like, it's just her whole fucking discography is just that it's just her nailing that head. Not just her nailing that fucking, like, like it, it just makes you want to fucking sit back and just play a fucking steer really loud. And it's like, that should ride out all fucking day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Something about, it's, it's just like I said, it's, it's, it's a depth there where you could see how, sadly enough, a lot of white rock artists have just basically stolen that wholesale. Yeah, definitely. I, I will say it's, it's really interesting. I mean, I grew up in a house that had like a really great music collection and um, somehow I either like skipped over Betty Davis or like, you know, maybe it wasn't my dad's collection, but um, I discovered Betty Davis like in my 20s. And I went to a, like a Betty Davis like tribute night, 
and just off a whim, I think like somebody I knew was like like throwing it, and I was just like enamored, you know. I'm like, who is this black woman, you know? And they had like kind of posters of her um, from the '70s, um, who's just like a style icon, um, you know. I don't I don't know if she was a feminist icon, but like, you know, back in a time when like a woman needed like their husband to to open a checking account. <laughs> <laughs> she's out she's out here making nasty gal you know like she's yeah. out here like saying they, they say I, i'm different like you know like like you have to understand the era like and, and what she's trying to do and i feel like if if a betty davis kind of came out now they, she would still be unique right I, I i feel like she she was just like such a trailblazer and a groundbreaker um and yeah it's, it sucks to, to kind of have another tragic loss and another artist who I feel like was probably not as appreciated as she needed to be. Um, I was, I would say Betty Davis is definitely underrated. Um, it's yeah. kind of like a music head. If you know, you know, type deal. Um, but yeah, like RIP and, and hopefully like she can continue to influence. Cause I, I think like uh, we, we kind of need to continue to have um, these free spirits like Betty Davis out in the world. Yeah, no, it's the same. It's, ironically enough, me too. I got I I went to a tribute, and that's how I I knew her nebulously, kind of the way we kind of know a lot of like famous black artists from back in the day. But I didn't know her music until that tribute, and I was shocked. And I was I was like, oh shit, this is kind of like live, and it's crazy. Like I said, it's like it's we we kind of need to kind of show this kind of like kind of these nods towards the past. A because they were important, and B and I hate to say this, creatively, there's a lot of lessons to be learned. Like she was doing, like I said, it's, she's an artist where if she popped up now, she'd be very interesting. The same way we kind of talk about a Rico Nasty, the same way we talk about like these like like groundbreaking like women pushing against these stereotypes. The stereotypes she was pushing against are still here today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you still have pussy badass going on Instagram, <laughs> giving <laughs> some <laughs> bullshit. You know what I'm saying? It's just like yeah. at the end of the day, it's just like damn. She was pushing a paradigm about of the pushing the fucking button forward in a way where I still need it now. So it's like it's I'm hoping that, you know, I didn't really see that many tributes. I saw a lot of people acknowledging her death, but I'm hoping that there'll be more like, you know, sadly enough, maybe there's some white Hollywood exec who like probably put it on his record player. I was like, oh, this, this will make a good biopic of like, you know, Jennifer Hudson or some shit. Who that knows? Works. Yeah. But like, it'd be cool to see like a, a revisiting of what she was doing, particularly somebody where, like you said, back in the days, it was very much par on course to have a female artist and have a like have a have a male right there, you know, driving a career, collecting that check, controlling her. How many stories do we have of this? You know what I'm saying? That the classic Ike and Tina, you know what I'm saying? But it's cool to see her on some like, yo, fuck you, Miles, I'm doing my own type of shit, type of fucking, you know. Like 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 agency happening with an artist who, like I said, she was doing a lot of crazy, awesome ass, dope rock and roll shit. You know what I'm saying? That, like she deserves that shit. So, shouts to her. Word, word. Um, who wants to talk? Did you want to talk about a mayor stone? I feel you, like you're, you know, you're speaking, well positioned. Speaking of, speaking of the '90s, because <laughs> this is like some '90s shit, <laughs> which is actually kind of funny. So. <laughs> our our mayor of New York, uh, I let's not even get into it, but uh, he is taking shots at drill rap, the, the 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 rap music, like the global phenomenon. By the way, like I, <laughs> I was actually like listening to a podcast about like 
drill rap in Sweden and like apparently like one of their top rappers got murdered like out there. So like apparently drill rap is just um, you know, you listen to it, you press play. It's rap. <laughs> drill it's rap, rap and, fam. And, and Norwegian black metal, two two of the most dangerous <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I mean, look, obviously it's going to go like, again, like in the nineties, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg Shit. were dangerous, right? Yeah. <laughs> Even 50 cent in the two thousands, 50 cent was dangerous and they're on the Super Bowl, Right. So obviously this is not going to end well. <laughs> um, stop trying Great to repeat points. history. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know if I have more words to say, like, like obviously fix the things that, that cause the conditions for these drill rappers to, I don't know, like if they, you know, like, like there's, there's so many societal things that we should blame before rap. Um, but I feel like every time I say that I'm, I'm kind of sounding like a broken record. So. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, like to a certain extent, I know there was a push ironically enough, the Mets, kind of made a push against some grime artists a couple of years ago, maybe two years ago for similar reasons. They were like, Oh, it's the YouTubes. And at the end of the day, so it's one of two things. A, it, they died literally because, you know, they reached out to that mic and started rapping over those, those, those imported UK beats. And then suddenly they got the urge to kill. Or is it ironically enough, the demographic for this music, you know, the artists performing this music tends to be, young black males of a certain socioeconomic condition. I mean, at the end of the day, that's, I think, crazy talk here. That's probably the biggest identifier. And, you know, if anything, you know, people talk about it glorifying and yada, yada, yada. Like, a lot of these kids, and because their kids are coming from a place of where they're not, like, when they talk about X, Y, Z happening, and, like, I know there's a lot of issues about rap lyrics and if it's real and yada, 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 and how they've bought some people up charges for based off the lyrics. I don't think it's a virtue to say where perhaps a lot of the specific incidents they speak about is not real, but those situations absolutely are. These are kids talking about where they grew up with. It's the same issue you had in Chicago a couple of years ago. It's, it's just going back to the idea of you, like you said, made, even made a mention with Stu Boogie Dog when fucking L.A. Gigabang was at his prime in the 90s. These are societal issues. These are socioeconomic issues that have always been there, that will always be there. You know what I'm saying? Dudes are shooting each other up when they were playing, when, when back in the days in the 80s during the crack era. You know what I'm saying? Snowfall era. When it was cool to listen to fucking Houdini and run DMC. It's just the fact of where, just because it's the easiest low lying fruit to say, oh, well, it's the rap music. If we tell YouTube to take it down, these, this violence won't stop. Well, like that's never happened. <laughs> like yeah. I wish. Like, like <laughs> I, I, I wish it was that easy. I wish it was like, all right, turn off the rap music, then we'll be fine. You know? And I, again, I, I guess in the weird alternate universe idea where it's not racist, which it is, I get the logic behind it, but that's just not the case. The case at the end of the day, like you pointed out, is these are societal issues. Rap music tends to, you know, I think it was, who was it? I think it was when Staples had a very interesting story where he was basically saying how when he kind of got with like our feature in them, he didn't really rap and they kind of forced him to go on the mic. And so he was basically talking about his craft and how he's improved over the years. But his big thing was the fact of where, you know, rap music is unique because not necessarily you don't have to be musically talented, but if you've got a story to tell, if you go up on the mic and say something authentic, you know, yeah. you, you've, got, you've got something to say. Like even bars, yada, 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 you can work on. But 
if you're able to go on there, be authentic and tell your story, you've got something there you could build on. You know, you may not be the most exterior rapper. You may have to work on a lot of other options. Like he was kind of saying, like he had learned to flow, had learned to count bar. If it's like, as far as musical ideas are concerned though, if you're able to go on there and tell your stories, you've got that part done. Where a lot of other single songwriters are out here figuring out, you know, how to rhyme May with Way and all the other stuff. It's like, <laughs> if you're if you're a rapper though, and you're able to go up there and like, yo, I'm talking about me, that's the way it is. And, and that's the way a lot of these kids approach it. They're young, you know what I'm saying? They're trying to, they're literally buying beats off YouTube, sitting in a room somewhere in their mom's house, trying to find a creative outlet for what they're doing in hopes of kind of becoming rich and famous. So it's like, I think again, I, I wish like that was a solution, but it's not. At the end of the day, it's a, it's just a, it's it's a cheap fucking shot. It's a quick, easy fix. It makes people feel better, and, and it kind of it deters from what the real issues are. And I think it's a little unfortunate that you know you've got a mayor who's in charge of a, of, of NYPD, who, as we know, are, are very community police focused. <laughs> <laughs> no record of abuses whatsoever. No record of. No, there's no record of them having a special police force literally made up to harass rappers. No such thing. No such thing. Um, and I think is having him kind of take this stance very early on in his, you know, tenure as police, as police chief, as shit, as mayor. What am I saying? Like, I think it doesn't really bode well. I think it's sad. I think at the end of the day, we got to do better on all sides. And I think it's a little bit unfortunate to bring up a 90s, you know, so, a solution to a problem that's been around for like hundreds of years. True. True that. True that. And now it's time for our favorite part of the podcast. New music. New music. I, in light of this very black podcast, have decided to go for white bands. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Diversify. We have we have an affirmative action pick here. <laughs> These poor white musicians out here struggling, you know, clapping on the one and one and threes, you know, fucking up the game. I've got something here, you know, to help them out. Uh, long story short, the last couple of years have been really, really good for indie rock British bands who have an artistic flair to themselves. Um, this band called Black Country New Road. Uh, long story short, and I and I say this in a positive way. It's effectively a whole bunch of band camp kids who kind of got together to make music. Um, it's I think nine. It's 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 definitely it goes beyond the you know two guitars, bass, drum kind of band method. You've got saxophone in there. You've got violins. Wow. Um, the band themselves kind of play in this weird circuit of a lot of other bands, like let's say dry cleaning. They're big friends with Black Midi enough where they perform together. And they've been talks about kind of having like a collaborative album. They're kind of like the the new, the new cool UK underground indie rock band thing. They're part of it. So long story short, dropped the album I think two years ago. Very critically acclaimed. As we all know, the world ended, so they really couldn't tour it. But um, in that time, they were able to cobble together a new album. That first album definitely felt a little bit more musical. There were some instrumental pieces. You could tell, like I said, just by the nature of the band, very much musician-focused. Um, a lot of the singing felt like an afterthought. A lot of the songwriting felt like an afterthought. A lot of cool musical ideas, but not really put together completely solid. But that was part of the appeal. Kind of shambly, kind of random. Almost prog rock, but not really. Um, rumor has it, rumor has it, that uh, the... Main guitarist is also the basically main lyricist. 
it was more a freewheeling project and he kind of got pushed into the mic on some like we need him to sing over these tracks he kind of took the mantle um the actual singing is definitely a little bit more on the spoken word confessional side sometimes it's actual fucking real song vocals sometimes it's very confessional um this new track record dropped to have a new you know as everybody's apt to do time to get back COVID's fucking eased up a little bit. They were supposed to have this big statewide fucking tour. And he basically quit the band because he was like, there's too much stress. Mm. Um, and you kind of get it. Yeah, because it's like, you know, at the end of the day, you could just see that it's, they were approaching it from more from a musician's kind of standpoint. And he kind of, you know, definitely stapled a lot of poetry to, you know, and we all know this, the poetry via your diary type lyrics. <laughs> 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 A, a lot, a lot of references towards people where I'm pretty sure if they're from the heart, it's not hard to figure out who the fuck he's talking about. You know what I'm saying? A lot yeah. of references towards relationships and friendships and his own struggles. So I am not surprised that a young musician was like, "Oh shit, I got to go into this in front of like thousands of people every day." Perhaps not, but I digress. Um, first record I like a lot. Um, definitely a little bit more on the experimental indie rock side. This one's a lot more tighter. Um, it's kind of fascinating just because the other record was a little bit more adventurous where you might have guitars that might sound a little bit more like tool-like. You might have a weird, very low-key instrumental. This one is definitely, I'll say, a softer album, but definitely much more melodic. Definitely a much more reg- regimented approach towards writing the songs themselves, even though a lot of them were sprawling and long, a lot of parts. This is basically a, a level up for the band as far as, you know, if you're going to be out there touring rock band, definitely like it. I mean, the only way I can describe it to you is like, imagine Arcade Fire that didn't suck, but were better at, 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 at the instruments. <laughs> like, you know, I, I kind of feel bad. I'm hoping that, like, you know, definitely mental health first. I'm hoping, like, he goes back, chills. By the nature of the music, I'm pretty sure they could play all night anyway without having anybody having to formally be a formal band leader. But, like, they have something here which I think is very kind of cool, kind of going, very professional, something that I think is kind of needed in the musical landscape. But uh, long story short, new record is called Anthem Up There. Really good listen. I think if you're a rock fan but open-minded, you'll like it a lot. Um, like I said, the lyrics are very confessional, very spoken words, so they might be a little bit, um, you know, maybe not endearing to everybody, but the passion is there. The musicianship is there. There's a lot of interesting ideas musically. It's definitely worth a listen. So, you know, for our diversity hire, you know, I give it two thumbs up. <laughs> Oh man, I, I I'm gonna keep it black. <laughs> my pick. Um, I actually, the, I mean, the band is called Black Country. And I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, yo, yo, yeah, you know. I thought it was gonna like, be some Milton shit, but it's 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 it's. it's trust me, you, you see them, and it's like definitely unless Milton C is getting mad outside a top shop, it's, this is not. <laughs> some sometimes you forget that black is a color or not just a race. Yeah, you know? I'm just, it's. Maybe you ready for this? Maybe we're, we're we should be very thankful of the times we forget those times. You know what I'm saying? True, true, <sighs> true. That America's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I, my selection is actually an old se- selection because I had no idea this dude dropped an album last year. Uh, your boy Gold Link. Yes, a favorite you know. of the podcast. <laughs> uh, Gold Link dropped an album called Harem last year harem of the exclamation point last year and you know it's really interesting too because like i i feel like i listened to a lot of gold link last year um yeah Di- diaspora 
ended up popping up in a lot of just, um, you know, the algorithms are recommending that album. Like I, you know, when I DJ, like I've like used a few of those different tracks. Like that's an album that I think like I thought was kind of mid, but grew on me. And I started listening to it a lot more. And I don't know if like Gold Link didn't pay the right people, the Spotify <laughs> gods. But, I, you know, as somebody who listened to that album at multiple points last year, I'm surprised that the algorithm did not recommend this album to me. This until like 2022. And I died, I dove in and, and Gold Link is a really, like a really interesting like character, really interesting artist. Obviously, probably not like, you know, like super tier, like, you know, super popular, but, you know, he has fans. Um, he has a pretty decent output of music, although I, I know a lot of people would say that the God Complex is probably his pinnacle, and I would agree. Um, I feel like this like this album and the, and the last album is it, him kind of serving as like a low-rent Drake, where like <laughs> Diaspora was like, <laughs> you know... <laughs> him like you know trying not like jumping on the afrobeat craze because i thought it was like it actually was a very well produced album but like essentially it was kind of like more global and afrobeat focused just as like that afrobeat sound was kind of like starting to take off uh, whereas this is kind of like a hodgepodge of things but you know you do see a lot of like house music uh, Pink Panthers is one on one track, and you know that's that's a whole revival thing that's happening. Um, there's a UK dr- uh, drill track, you know, so it's, it it seems like it's also kind of like oh let's kind of figure out what's hot globally and kind of like capture parts of that, but then half of it kind of feels like Lucy's as well. It's not as cohesive as as Diaspora in terms of like the focus of the album. Um, I will say it's like a decent album. I think Golink has really great production. The biggest thing is, which is a weird stylistic choice, is that he basically, I don't know what what it is. You you would know. I don't know if it's called gating or whatever, but he feels like he's talking through, as somebody on Reddit said, like a fast food drive-through microphone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's on every track. And I'm like, this is like not like a, a fuck up. Like maybe you couldn't get the mastering on one track or whatever. This is a, a intentional stylistic choice. And the, I think the weird thing which makes it so jarring is that when he's collaborating with somebody, he's kind of like, you know, talking to the fast food, like, you know, microphone. But like the levels or, or whatever, the collaborator are like normal. So it's like this weird dichotomy. You know, and, and so I'm like, this is a, a intentional stylistic choice, which I think kind of like diminishes the album for me. Um, but you know, like having that said, like it's not a bad album, and I, and I think it's something that will probably continue to grow on me. Um, you know, he, I think Goldlink picks like really interesting cre- like uh, collaborators, and I do think he's kind of like Drake in a way where he always has his ear to the ground and kind of like figuring out like what's popping what's hot what sounds do i want to like try to playlist basically um but you know just in light of all the drama that he's had in the past with mac miller like and this album just kind of like dropping and nobody noticing i don't know it's it's not an album i think like i would encourage people to run to 
Um, but it's a, a fairly decent album. So, you know, and, and the irony of it is when you made mention that he dropped an album first, like you, I was like, he dropped an album. And B, <laughs> I was very shocked, like, 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 wow, like, how did this fall under the radar? And like I said, we're, we're generally both fans of Gold Lake. So you figure somehow the algorithm would have kicked in or you would have seen a post or something completely fell off my radar. But I did go back and listen to it. And I agree with a lot of what you said. I think what's very shocking to me is the fact that, like you said, it's the, the lack of cohesiveness. And like you said, it's fascinating because he does a lot of low-patch filtering. He does a lot of weird things with his voice. Now, here's the thing. Goldlink is a fantastic rapper. Technically, very skilled. There's no slip here at all in his rapping. But like you said, he's doing a lot of weird vocal effects. But it's also what's very jarring is the fact that there's a continuously switch of styles. So mm. it's just like... He might be doing rapping over something where it sounds like Raider Clan SoundCloud rap into like almost an R&B song into like I said the Pink Panther song into something that might be a little more Afrobeat. He's doing all these genre shifts and he's doing it at a relatively high level. Like if he dropped a mixtape following any of these impulses over like eight songs, I wouldn't be mad. Like these aren't like yeah. dubs. Like there's no dubs on this record. But at the same time, there's nothing really for you to hold on to. And it's weird because going back to the idea of God complex, we both love it because it's a, it's obviously he's talented, but also B it captures the vibe. It's very club music. A lot of these kitchen out of type beats. It's, it's, it's a, it's a cohesive project put together. And it's kind of weird because what's kind of confusing is, you know, you've got an artist here who's definitely kind of came through playing around more of dance music. Who had a really big crossover hit with Crew, which is a little bit more like crossover hip hop R and B, and he's kind of like I guess like I said it's weird. It's just like I kind of you know you never want to put a, an artist in a box. But what's fascinating about this record is it's not like he's doing experimental rap. You definitely have where his voice is weirdly buried, and he's doing a lot of weird vocal tricks, and and I see the experimentation there. I think in his mind, not being hammered into a specific style. Maybe it's him bucking against the idea of where we were kind of like, oh, you know, the, the, the stereotype of him rapping all these, these like Cajun Nada future soul beats. Maybe it's him trying to run away from that kind of image. Like I said, an intentional stylistic choice. But at the end of the day, I think that what kind of hurts this album is the fact of where there's no cohesiveness, like you said. It's just the idea of where there's nothing really to kind of latch onto. It sounds like a algorithm mix of Gold Link songs. Like, you know, when you... At a certain point, the algorithm starts kicking in and starts giving you, like, ASAP Rocky rapping with fucking Miley Cyrus. ASAP Rocky live. ASAP Rocky doing his old shit off the mixtapes. It's just like, you're kind of hearing this artist and they're kind of playing his songs. You recognize it's the artist, but there's no real cohesive of what is serving you. It's just kind of like, hey, you like this shit? Here's more of this shit. And it sucks because you could tell effort was put into this album. It's not astonished by any method, but when it's just kind of like, you know, a lot of random beats, a lot of random ideas. He intentionally, and again, I'm not mad with rappers kind of doing more things with their voice. You know, I know that, like, I, I know Matt Comic gets a lot of, like, flack. I remember somebody was saying he, like, he always raps over, like, a $20 microphone. It's like, I get the idea sonically <laughs> that, you know, you could do a little better. But sometimes it's a stylistic choice. Like, I am not mad. Like, play around with new paradigms. But like I said, what's kind of fascinating about this record is that it's definitely well put together. All those songs are very well recorded, but it definitely sounds like a weird, random, high-quality hard drive dump, and I think that's what kind of jarring about it all together. Yeah, and, and it sucks too. I mean, like, like the the collaborators, like Pink Panther, is Float Millie's on here. Like, 
you know, like Santi Gold's on here. Jesse Boykins is over here. Yeah. Uh, you know, my boy, like, you know, there's a lot of great collaborators. There's a lot of like, I don't know, like just like thought put, like you said, like thought put into like the production and like everything else like feels mid. And I, and I feel like one of the things that the, about Gold Link, it's like, I, I feel like the album that he had uh, at what cost, like his 2017 album was supposed to be his kind of breakout album. Um, but I feel like he's still trying to break out. Like if it, it feels yeah. still feels like super kind of like not even like underground, but super like sound cloudy, like, you know, not like SoundCloud rap, like, you know, trap or whatever, but like SoundCloud, like I did this in my bedroom <laughs> type rap <laughs> just with like so many, like, like great production and great list of collaborators, which is like a weird confounding thing. So, yeah, it's like I said, it's, it's, it sucks because I'm not going to say it's not a high effort album, but it is. But it's just like, again, that Pink Panther song, it's cool. That's a cool idea. She's glowing up. I do a lot of fucking dance shit. I'm in my repertoire. I'll rap over it. First thing, like you said, is his voice is kind of buried into it. So a lot of times where you kind of have the sing song flow, he would kind of have a melody line with his rap kind of to a certain extent. That would just be besides the fucking hook. He's not really there. The beat is kind of this there. But like I said, it's, it's not a bad song. Like all these sound like really good B-sides to A-side singles to more focused A-side singles. And like I said, it's, it's a it's a bizarre record to listen to, and I don't know. Like I said, he's somebody where he's got he's definitely a controversial figure where, you know, to a certain extent his Mac Miller fucking lines about, you know, his little bitterness towards Mac Miller kind of came out the wrong way, which you can kind of see like at least Anderson Pock and other people kinda of go at him. But I thought what was very telling though around that time was that there was a weird underground type weird backlash where I think it was over the Asper album title where I guess he has a homie who had a similar album coming out, but it was also weird because under underground, you know, young heads coming up, there was this weird backlash where I was like, well, Gold Link is kind of an asshole, kind of a biter. Where I was like, shit, I was like, I kind of get the the you know Anson Pac level just because you kind of went into Sick of Cow is very popular, you know, Vince Staples, you know, a lot of dudes he helped put on, but it's also weird kind of getting slack from people whose whole careers are on Bandcamp. And they don't really have any care for clout. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, you know, like if anything going at you hurts them, but they still, they feel like a word way to kind of say, hey, this guy's kind of a shitty, you know, as far as in the creative space is concerned, he's kind of a shitty person. It's kind of, I thought it's kind of fascinating. So, yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say, like, you can't, like, wholesale bite off of different genres and, and be mid. And I think, like, we let Drake get away with it. Although, <laughs> maybe not so much anymore. But, like, he would buy off Afrobeat, but it would be high as shit. And, like, we couldn't, you know, resist dancing. You know, One Dance is, like, a great, like, track still to this day. Yeah. And I feel like Gold Link kind of lacks that. Um, and I feel like that's, that's what opens him up to uh, some of this uh, criticism. Um, and then, yeah, like, the Mac Miller thing surprisingly i i feel like that canceled him a way harder than i thought it would you know like i and i think it's just like you don't go after a dead dude like yeah. no matter what like you don't go after something like like you know like and i think that's a hip-hop code um and yeah i don't think he's uh been able to recover from that um so uh but yeah you know check out the album like i said if you like diaspora i think you'll probably like this album too. It continues to grow on me. I really wish there was like a, 
what, what we call this, like a producer's cut where it's just like, you know, they take out all the low pass filters <laughs> 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 or there's like a Drake cut where Drake just like re-records like all the goal links, you know, like, like lines. And I think that would be like flames. Um, cause I do think the production's great. The collaboration list is great. Like there's a lot of things that are going well for this album. So, um, you know, hopefully go link will, uh, I, I want Golink to win, you know, so hopefully he will. Yeah, no, I, I think that, again, we've, we've discussed this. My my secret passion one day is to retire and is bring back Hip House. <laughs> and I feel like Golink is the key. But like you said, it's, it's, it's a fascinating choice where, if anything, his personality brought so much of the music or was an important part. Of the, he's not, you know, this is not Playboy Cardi. This is somebody where... It, it wasn't about vibes. It was definitely a lot about his lyrics, his flow, everything else. And for that to kind of get intentionally downplayed on a record where you have all these weird things happening that aren't really like like hitting, it was kind of a weird choice. Like it's it's, but at the same time, it's like he's still doing these things at a high level. So I, I think it's just a, an issue of this kind of going back to the lab, kind of finding a focus and kind of you know throwing out a couple of bangers. And I like I said, I it's a weird miss because like I said, this is this is definitely not a miss. Is this like? Everything is here for it to work. It kind of does work on a certain level, but it's like the choices that you made are just kind of weirdly interesting where I would love to read an interview to see what the thought went behind it. But it is what it is. Like I said, sometimes artists got to branch out, try different things. You know, hopefully next time it'll be a hit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, that's it. Right now, we're probably going to go right back to our VIP area. I heard they have some potato skins and some wings. That's my favorite. I'm about to go over there, you know, steal myself some of them snacks. Maybe holla at Julia Fox. Maybe get some of that negative Kanye fucking press. You know what I'm saying? Get called out there. <laughs> you know, I'll be on a Tonight Show. I want some like, yo, Kanye called me a fat chubby dude. I could, I could milk this this tenant's friend. My rap career, I've been dying out. You know what I'm saying? Nerd rap. You know what I'm saying? MC Paul Bartman type shit. Oh, y'all kids don't know. Pythagorean theorem. All up in and, your and serum. Then, like, what? And then. 50 cents like get, gets mad because he thinks like Kanye is talking about him. Is that you? <laughs> he just like guys a stray shot. You know, he was, he was kind of like, you know, an earshot in the, in, in like the luxury suite, you know? Uh, and that starts a whole new beef. Like, uh, I'm here for that. Actually. <laughs> does, does 50 cent have real shooters in the street still or just TV shooters now? I, I 50 has real shooters. I I, 50, 50's been on my block and my block unfortunately oh yeah true yeah he has he's, he, he's not really so. hiding you got a point he, he definitely does not stay in Connecticut he just definitely hops out of the mansion on some like I'm here if y'all need me so, if you want to sit on some shit I'm right here yeah like I, I still would not cross 50 cent yeah so you know but uh anyway as usual we love y'all you know what I'm saying get yourself some nice high level N95 masks you know despite what the man says, masks are cool, masks keep you safe. You know, get them shots, get them vaxxers, you know what I'm saying? Stay boosted. Boosted is the new sexy for 2022, you know what I'm saying? And that's it. Love y'all. Stay safe. Peace. Peace. Peace.